Hello, welcome to this one-off pay-per-view segment. If I sound different, that's because I've not been myself lately. I've become interested in party politics. <laughs> I try not to make a habit of it. In fact, this is the first time in my life at 28 years of age that I've been interested in party politics. And the reason for that is because of the European elections and the Brexit party leading the way as the results came in last night and early today. And there's an article here in the Daily Mail. Farage hails his turquoise revolution. Brexit party leader threatens to append the two-party system and wipe out the untrustworthy Tories and Labour by contesting a general election if Britain does not leave the EU by October 31st. Nigel Farage sent out a chilling warning to the Tories today that he would try to wipe out the party at the general election if they did not get the UK out of Europe by Halloween. After running away with the European election, he goaded the deflated Conservatives after hanging them an election hiding today, saying they were extremely unlikely to elect a new leader who can push Brexit through by October 31st. Mocking the candidates vying to replace Theresa May as party leader and prime minister at a chaotic press conference in London this afternoon, he said, why would I trust any of them? Why would I believe any of them? Fresh from his dramatic triumph, the Brexit party leader told a chaotic press conference this afternoon that he did not believe that Theresa May's fragmented party would be able to deliver by the October 31st deadline set by the EU. After reducing the Tories to just 9% of the vote, their worst showing ever in an election, he posed with his 29 MEPs who will form the national largest group in the European Parliament. He said the Conservative Party are bitterly divided and I consider it to be extremely unlikely that they will pick a leader who is able to take us out on the 31st of October, come what may. We might overnight have made their lives a little bit easier, but I don't see them being able to deliver and I think the real barrier, the real obstruction to all this is a two-party system that may well have worked in decades gone by, but it's no longer fit for purpose. Mr Farage also claimed the Labour Party are in more trouble than the Conservatives following the European election results. His party took 31% of the vote in Thursday's poll, despite only being formed six weeks ago. In grim contrast, the Conservatives have dropped to fifth place across much of the country. The disastrous showing immediately sparked warnings from would-be leader Boris Johnson that things will get even worse for the Tories if the UK does not leave the EU by the new deadline at the end of October. Deal or no deal. Jeremy Corbyn was facing civil war within his party as critics blamed the party's poor third-place finish on 14% on his failure to back a second referendum. The Remainer Liberal Democrats surged into second place on the 20%, with the Greens coming a close fourth on 12%. A jubilant Mr Farage demanded a role in the next round of negotiations with the EU threatening to contest a general election. Speaking this morning, he blasted the Tories for their handling of Brexit, but said he would be willing to support a Conservative leader who promises to take Britain out of the EU with no deal. He said, if we don't leave in October, the Brexit party will go on to a general election. We're happy to help any leader who is genuine about us leaving the EU. We would like to be part of the negotiating team, use us and give us some responsibility, but they need to be prepared to leave with a clean break Brexit. Boris Johnson, Dominic Raab, Michael Gove, all of them voted for Ms May's European Treaty. It's all about establishing trust. If the next leader says the same thing, then no one is going to trust them. This is just the beginning of a new political movement. 
On a dramatic political night when turnout rose to a 15-year high as voters vented their fury at the chaos in Westminster, Boris Johnson seized on the right for the Tories to make his case to succeed Theresa May and pull the country out of the EU on October 31st come what may, while Chancellor Philip Haben warned that any attempt to force a no-deal Brexit could collapse the government. Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt said it was a painful result and there was an existential risk to our party unless we now come together and get Brexit done. Mr Farage's Brexit party polled above 50% of vote share in some areas and raked in 31% nationally. Tony Blair's former spin doctor, Alistair Campbell, said he had voted Liberal Democrat the first time he had not voted Labour. Change UK polled just 5% in the Remain stronghold of London. Far-right activist Tommy Robertson failed to win a seat as an independent, while UKIP lost all its MEPs. Turnout hit 37%, the highest level since the European elections in 2004. Remain campaigners claimed that parties who support a second referendum on staying in the EU are on track to do better than hard Brexit parties. Scotland was the only place where the Brexit party surge was held back, with the SNP topping the polls north of the border. Election experts warned that the UK is more deeply divided between Leave and Remain than ever. Across Europe, far-right and Eurosceptic parties were on course to win more seats than ever before. With almost all results in this morning, the Brexit party's share of the vote was 31%, ahead of the Liberal Democrats on 20%. Labour was third on just 14%, with the Greens next on 12%, and the Tories on a disastrous 9%. That is thought to make it the worst performance for the Conservatives since they took on their current name in 1834. Change UK formed this year to fight for a second referendum, attracted just 3. 4% of the vote. In terms of MEPs elected, the Brexit party were on 28, the Liberal Democrats 15 and Labour 10. The Greens had 7 MEPs and the Conservatives just 3, Change UK had none. Mr Farage, who was re-elected as an MEP in the South East, declared, This is a big, big message, a big wake-up call to Westminster. Will they listen? Never before in British politics has a new party launched just six weeks ago, topped the polls at a national election. The reason, of course, is very obvious. We voted to leave in a referendum. We were supposed to do so on March 29th, and we have not. Mr Johnson laid into Mrs May, who announced her resignation on Friday for having flagrantly failed to achieve Britain's departure from the EU. By contrast, he has already declared that if he becomes leader this summer, the UK will leave the EU at the end of October with or without a deal. He wrote in the Daily Telegraph, No one sensible would aim exclusively for a no-deal outcome. No one responsible would take no deal off the table. Well, people would aim exclusively for a no-deal outcome if they know that that's the only Brexit worth having. The article continues and says, His concerns over the future of the party were echoed by rival leadership hopeful Jeremy Hunt, who warned there was an existential risk to our party unless we now come together and get Brexit done. Another contender, Home Secretary Sajid Javid, said the Tories must get on with Brexit. There's a clear lesson. People want us to get on with it, not another election or a referendum asking if changed their mind, he tweeted. We will need to unite as a party to deliver that. There are no other options. Daniel Hanan, who was elected as one of just three Tory MEPs in England and Wales, said the European elections have been without question our worst result as a party ever. People voted to leave three years ago and we have not left. It's as simple as that, he said. I think I'm back as one of, I think it looks like being three Conservatives nationally, so without question our worst result as a party ever. But he suggested the party's fortunes could be turned around and the threat from Mr Farage's Brexit party neutralised if the UK did leave the EU. The appeal of a party called the Brexit party will dry up very quickly once Brexit has happened, he said.
We need to leave in a way that carries as many people with us as possible and we need to be conciliatory and we need to have a Brexit that is cordial and orderly and that people in the 48% and 52% can live with but it's got to happen speedily. I was not expecting to go back to the European Parliament and I really don't want to stay there any longer than is necessary. Former Brexit Minister Chris Heaton-Harris said the Tories deserved their thrashing. All four results from my party tonight but whilst our teams of candidates did not deserve them our party did he said. We should have left the EU on March 29th as we promised with or without a deal the message about leaving on 31st of October is crystal clear however Remainers voiced alarm a populist shift former minister Sam Giaima warned against interpreting the result as a mandate for no deal tough election for conservatives and we need to rapidly find a way forward with 34.9% of voters voting for hard Brexit in a low turnout election compared to the general election and referendum we should be careful not to interpret this as a mandate for no deal in a slight consolation the Tories appear on course to retain their single MEP in Scotland when results are officially declared Scottish Tory leader Ruth Davidson said all indications pointed to Baroness Mubarak retaining her seat on a tough night for the party across the UK Tory chairman Brandon Lewis said we knew this would be a difficult night for conservatives people want us to deliver brexit as quickly as possible we must the article goes on mr farage's triumph last night which saw Anne widdicombe and annunziata rees-mogg elected as meps marks the second consecutive victory for him at a european election victories in 2014 and 2019 are the only two times since 1906 that a party other than labor and the conservatives has won a national poll in the uk the result will put huge pressure on the Conservatives to deliver Brexit but leaves third place Labour in equal turmoil as the party faces furious demands from its supporters to commit to a second referendum. Mr Farage's party surged all over the country, eclipsing his performance as UKIP leader in 2014 to win Wales in the northeast of England, including victories in Cardiff and Newcastle which voted remain in 2016. This is the vote that says put no deal brexit back on the table make it part of our negotiations because without that we have no chance of getting a sensible fair trade deal and i want us as the brexit party to be engaged in that he said it's also a vote that says 31st of october is the next really big day in this process if we do not leave on that day then you can expect the brexit party to repeat this kind of surprise in the next general election saying that he would be willing to work with boris johnson as prime minister he added i will work with anybody if it's to achieve brexit Brexit Party Chairman and newly elected MEP Richard Tice said the success of his party showed that millions of people wanted a no-deal Brexit. He said, We are incredibly humbled by the fact that millions of others across the country are backing our simple message to restore trust in democracy. And Whitcomb, the former Tory cabinet minister, was last night one of three MEPs elected for the Brexit Party in the South West. Ms Whitcomb warned a message to Westminster has come out loud and clear tonight, which is, if you don't Brexit, you will be going against the will of the people, and then the Brexit Party will do what they have done tonight in a general election. She added, when we go to Brussels, we will say that because of our showing in these elections, we want a role in the negotiations. Britain went to the polls on Thursday, but the results remained a secret until last night so that the outcome would not influence voters in other European nations, who were still casting their ballots on Sunday. In Wales, traditionally a Labour stronghold, the party was third with 127,000 votes behind the Brexit party with 271,000 and played Kimru on 163,000. In the West Midlands, the Brexit party won three seats after picking up 37.7% of the vote, ahead of Labour on 16.9%, the Liberal Democrats on 16.3% and Greens on 10.7%. The Tories came fifth in the region with a 10% share. The Tories slumped into third in Windsor and Maidenhead in the southeast region, where Theresa May has her constituency. With just 13.5% of the vote, they trailed the Brexit party on 32.7% and Liberal Democrats on 31.5%. 
In another sign of major party struggles, Labour came fourth in Sheffield, down from first at the last election while the Conservatives came in a miserable sixth in the city. In London, the Tories came fifth with 177,964 votes, with the party's most senior MEP, Syed Kamal, losing his seat. The Liberal Democrats topped the poll in the capital with 608,725 ahead of Labour, 536,810, the Brexit Party on 400,257 and the Greens on 278,957. In an embarrassing blow for Labour's Jeremy Corbyn, his party came second to the Liberal Democrats in his own backyard of Islington. In the east of England, the Brexit Party polled more than 600,000 votes, pushing the Tories into fourth place. The Brexit Party took three of the seats. The Liberal Democrats, two, and the Tories and the Greens, one each. There were a series of remarkable results. In Kingston, the Liberal Democrats secured almost 48% of the vote. Anti-Brexit Labour peer Lord Adonis tweeted very clear that if Labour had been the party of Remain in this election, we would have won. There was little to celebrate for Change UK, UKIP or independent candidate Tommy Robinson, who failed to win a seat. Emily Thornbury was among the first to react for Labour, saying the party had made mistakes about Brexit in demanding a second referendum. The Greens also raced into second place in Sheffield and made strong results for environmentalist parties across the continent in the 28-nation ballot. Former Lord Mayor of Sheffield, Majid Majid, who won a seat for the Green Party in Yorkshire and Humber, tweeted, We did it. Today is about a green wave cascading through Europe and landing on the shores of Yorkshire for the first time. We're just getting started. This will be more than a fleeting midsummer night's dream in Brussels. We're going to turn the tide of history. They came first in strongly pro-Remain Bristol and in Norwich. Meanwhile, independent candidate Tommy Robinson was defeated in the northwest of England. Speaking at the Manchester Count, the former leader of the English Defence League said he had faced a near-impossible task in attempting to win one of the eight seats available. Despite a controversial campaign in which he was targeted by milkshake-wielding protesters, he said, more than anything, every community I've gone to, every working-class estate, I've so felt loved, more than I've ever felt in my life. Jacob Rees-Mogg's sister, Anun Ziata, standing for the Brexit party, said her brother would be devastated by the results. Her party won three seats in the East Midlands. After the result was announced in Kettering, the newly elected MEP said the Conservatives were paying for outgoing Prime Minister Theresa May portraying the public. Miss Rees-Mogg described the results as quite astounding, saying they had been far bigger percentages than I had anticipated, although while I was on the streets in areas as diverse as Boston, Mansfield, Skegness and Chesterfield, the people were telling us they wanted to be listened to. Today they have had their voices heard and we will fight for them tooth and nail. Addressing how her brother will be feeling, Miss Rees-Mogg said I have no doubt he will be devastated at what has been done to his own party, the Conservatives. Theresa May has betrayed the British people. She made a lot of promises she didn't stick to and unfortunately the whole party is paying for it. We are the party that will be listening to them. Writing in the Daily Telegraph before the results, Tory leadership frontrunner Boris Johnson said I predict a right. In this miserable election that should never have taken place for a Euro Parliament that should no longer represent us, the voters are delivering a crushing rebuke to the government. In fact, to both major parties. I cannot find it in my heart to blame them. They gave us one chief task, to deliver Brexit. They have so far given us almost three years to do it. We have flagrantly failed to carry out their instructions. We have missed deadline after deadline, broken promise after promise, and today our employers, the people, have figuratively summoned us to human resources. Daniel Hanan, a Conservative MEP in the South East, said the results were cataclysmic for the party. Ultimately, the House of Commons has voted to prevent us leaving without the EU's explicit permission. That's what not leaving without a deal means. Brussels has had no incentive even to pretend to negotiate, he said. 
In the end, I suspect we are going to need a general election in order to break this deadlock. The Conservatives lost their two most senior MEPs in the round. Syed Kamal, who led the Europe-wide group, the ECR, missed out in London. Ashley Fox, who was the Tory group leader, lost in the South West. The European Parliament's size is intended to be reduced to 705 in the 2019-2024 to legislature after 46% of the UK seats are removed following Brexit and the rest are shared out among unrepresented countries. Throughout June, the elected candidates will negotiate to form political groupings to sit within the Parliament before beginning the new ninth term on July the 2nd. And there's a couple of other sections here. Liberal Democrats celebrate as Change UK asks to merge. The Liberal Democrats were jubilant last night after their surge forced Change UK to beg them for a merger. So Vince Cable's party was set to finish second in terms of vote share as it hoovered up thousands of pro-Remain votes across the country from the main parties. Meanwhile, projections indicated Change UK would not bag a single MEP, but leader Heidi Allen said that the new centrist party was down but not out last night. Change UK MP Chuk Amuna said on Saturday that the two parties should form a pact not to stand against each other's candidates in the next general election, and yesterday Mrs Allen, who left the Conservatives to join other breakaway Tory and Labour MPs, said she would go one step further. I would like us to be in the same vehicle, she told BBC Radio 5 Live. Asked if she meant the same party, Mrs Allen replied, yeah, probably. The Liberal Democrats were cock-a-hoop at their performance last night, taking votes from Labour supporters angry at the party's equivocal stance on Brexit. Turnout was said to be higher in Remain areas than in Leave ones, meaning the Liberal Democrats were on course to do even better than predicted. At the last European elections in 2014, towards the end of the coalition period, the Liberal Democrats performed disastrously, taking only one seat. The Greens also looked set to outperform Change UK last night. In the weeks following its formation, Change UK figures were talking confidently of replacing the Liberal Democrats as the third party in British politics. But yesterday, Mrs Allen admitted that it was more likely that the party would have to join forces with the Liberal Democrats. I think we're sensible enough to know we can't do it on our own, she said, adding, I don't know what the format will be, but will we be singing from the same hymn sheet? I would hope as a collective, let's call this a collective, somewhere in the middle with other like-minded colleagues. Mrs Allen said that to be a real insurgent force, the alliance needs to be brand new rather than a larger Liberal Democrat party. She predicted that more Tory MPs could desert the party if Boris Johnson becomes Prime Minister, while Labour MPs may also defect if Jeremy Corbyn continues to refuse to commit to a second referendum. However, she added that while the Brexit party may do well in the EU elections, it should not be part of any future Brexit negotiations. I don't think so. They need to earn some MPs to get that, she said. Another section here. Corbyn hints he now will back a second referendum. Jeremy Corbyn has hinted strongly that he will back a second referendum after furious Labour members savaged the party's strategy following a humiliation at the European elections. The Labour leader said this issue will have to go back to the people, suggesting either a general election or a new public vote. His shadow Foreign Secretary Emily Thornberry was among those to blast the party's unclear strategy and demand a second referendum after Labour's thrashing. Ms Thornberry said the opposition were getting a good kicking as results suggested that a pro-Remain Liberal Democrat revival is eaten into the Labour vote. In a fresh hint that he was indeed considering backing a fresh Brexit poll, Mr Corbyn said that EU elections had become a proxy second referendum. He added, with the Conservatives disintegrating and unable to govern in Parliament deadlock, this issue will have to go back to the people, whether through a general election or a public vote. Over the coming days, we will have conversations across our party and movement and reflect on these results on both sides of the Brexit divide. On a disastrous night for the party, Labour's vote share tumbled to third overall behind the Liberal Democrats. Critics said the voters' damning verdict came about because Mr Corbyn had tried and failed to attract the support of both Leave and Remain voters. In the event, voters on both sides of the Brexit divide deserted his party. Another one here. 
what are the key dates for Brexit now? June the 7th, Theresa May formally steps down. June the 10th, Tory leadership contest begins. The battle to succeed Mrs May as Tory leadership formally kick off early in June. Nominations to stand will close in the week beginning June the 10th before it is put to several rounds of votes. The final two candidates are then offered to the Tory membership at large for an election. It could take two to six weeks for MPs to whittle down the leadership contenders. From 24th of June, top two Tory candidates are offered to Tory members. Once Tory MPs have whittled the leadership contenders down to the top two in a series of votes, the lucky two will be put to a vote by Conservative members. July 26th, new Tory leader selected and becomes Prime Minister. The Tory party hierarchy has said it wants a new Tory party leader to be selected by the parliamentary recess, which is likely to be on July 26th. The new leader will become Prime Minister and former government. September 29th to October the 2nd, Conservative Party Conference. The Tory gathering in Manchester this autumn will be the natural time for a new leader to take the stage and try to unite the fractured party. Assuming their way has been found to force a withdrawal agreement through Parliament by this point, they will need to spell out how they intend to approach the Brexit process. October 31st, Britain leaves the EU? Question mark. The Brexit extension Mrs May thrashed out with the EU expires on October 31st. Unless another postponement can be agreed, the UK is still scheduled to leave the bloc at this point. So that's what happened, and the Brexit party storming the European elections is another expression of the people speaking again. I've seen it referred to as the people's primal scream. People are starting to reject traditional politics, and this has led to the rise of populism in Europe and America with Donald Trump people electing Donald Trump, what they think is who he is, although I would say he's far from his 2016 election image. I talk about Donald Trump in episode 25, and I talk about populism in episode 34. We are in a different time now, politically, and it's reflected at the ballot box again and again. People are starting to see that traditional politics does not represent them and their interests, but its own interests. And when you go deep enough into the shadows, the interests and the agenda of the less than 1% elite, or deep state, as they say in America. It's this elite's agenda I've laid out during the course of pay-per-view. The Brexit Party's remit is very clear, leaving the European Union to reflect the original Brexit vote on June 23, 2016, when 52% of voters... 17.4 million people in Britain voted to leave the European Union. I've talked about Brexit before in various episodes, including episodes 13 and 48. So the political class and the establishment had a problem. They had the shock of their lives when people, despite the manipulation and the fear-mongering, actually thought for themselves and made their own decision and chose to leave the European Union. So... They then had to work out how they would divert Brexit. How do they stop Brexit? Can they stop Brexit? Those were the questions they had to answer. We had the claim that Brexit was undemocratic when it was the largest democratic mandate in British political history. Gina Miller went to court to lead a campaign which led to Britain not being able to leave the European Union without Parliament agreeing to it. We've also been told that it was not clear what Brexit meant and people didn't know what Brexit meant but as Anne Widdecombe said last night as the results were coming in when the results came in for the South West she said about people who voted to leave we meant what we said 
And that was correct. Brexit means Brexit. Leave means leave. It's very simple. The idea that we didn't know has led to another scam and delaying tactic. Because all of these are delaying tactics as well as what they are. Which was soft Brexit or hard Brexit. When Brexit means Brexit. That's Brexit. It means leave. It's, it's in. There's a clue in the word. This was designed to try to dilute Brexit so it was as close to leaving in name only as possible. Another attempt to thwart Brexit under the guise of claiming people didn't know what they voted for was the people's vote, where the people should be consulted on what type of Brexit they wanted. The key point about a people's vote, however, of course, is that we've already had one. The people's vote happened on June 23rd, 2016. Theresa May, as the Prime Minister, was in charge of negotiations for Brexit after that result came in on June 24th and made a complete mess of it. And her deal was basically leaving in name only. Theresa May made such a hash of the Brexit negotiations, it actually ended in her resignation and she will leave Downing Street on June the 7th. And then, after all this manipulation and delaying tactics... After the return of Project Fear, people got the chance to make their voices heard again. And they did. Again. The Brexit Party absolutely stormed the European elections. And that made another statement that people want Brexit and they want a real Brexit. This was the answer to all those who said we need a vote on what kind of Brexit people want. That was answered because there's only one Brexit that the Brexit Party wants and that's Brexit. There's nothing... Before the word Brexit, not soft Brexit, not hard Brexit, no, just Brexit. And it may have been a shock to the political class and the establishment, but we're at the point now with populism and with people's political perceptions changing all over Europe, where these shocks are fast becoming the norm. They're actually becoming the new political perception. And the political class and the establishment had better get used to it because they're being forced out of politics in the face of this political perceptual change. However, a word of advice regarding populist candidates. We need to hold them to account and to as much scepticism as the traditional political figures. Because if we're not careful, they could end up becoming a modern expression of traditional politics, where they appear to be listening to the people and representing the people, and then they get in power and do what they like and what they're always going to do as usual. So it's great that there's this political change, but we need to hold these new political candidates to account just as much as the traditional political figures. One thing that shows how much people's political perceptions are changing is the fact that some of those who would in the past have voted for the party they usually vote for, voted for the Brexit party. And that shows the mandate for Brexit, a real Brexit. The European project is failing. It's not just Britain which is rejecting the European Union. It's Italy, France, Sweden, Hungary and others. They're all tired of the European Union. And Britain is first in line. Britain has the golden opportunity to lead by example by saying to Europe, Hey, look, we did it. So can you. And this is another reason why Brexit is being delayed and why we've seen the mess of Brexit that we have. It's to say to Europe, see what happens when you try to leave, lest they get any ideas. And it's also another reason why Brexit is so important to happen in the way that it should happen. Not just for Britain, but for Europe 
and the fact that the more countries leave, the more the European project is fatally wounded and countries can go back to governing themselves and retaining their own sovereignty and national identity. This is why the people of Britain are being told to fear a no-deal Brexit. The political class and establishment are just telling us to fear what they don't want, to try to gain support for what they do want, which is a deal, which means Britain leaves the EU in name only. Because while a deal is being negotiated... While that's still on the table, there's still a chance that Brexit can be diverted and manipulated. When there's no deal, there's no chance of that happening. The reason we're told to fear a no-deal Brexit is not because it would be disastrous, it wouldn't, but because it would be disastrous for the European project and the political class who support it. Britain has a massive trade deficit with the European Union. We're not going to suffer trade-wise. We buy far more from Europe than we sell to them. I've said before that the elite, through the banking system they own and the stock market which they own, and manipulate, can manipulate financial instability to try to change people's minds about Brexit. They'll do anything, and the financial arena is one of the ways they will try to manipulate people's perceptions regarding Brexit. I've said all along that leaving without a deal is the best option because that means we are not subject to any policy or law of the European Union. We retain our sovereignty and national identity. We're not a member of the single market, meaning we can trade on our own terms. We're not bound to accept free movement, which has absolutely destroyed Sweden and any country where you continue to accept people of different cultures. It's going to have an effect and you can only do it to a certain amount. I've talked about migration before in episodes 40 and 45, among other episodes. And in episode 12, I talk about how NGOs, non-governmental organisations, which present themselves as charities, are actually fueling the migration crisis on one level. Brexit and its like in other European countries allows for countries to be countries again rather than just administrative regions of a European bureaucratic dictatorship. A no-deal Brexit is a true Brexit and that's what the Brexit party was created to achieve and so this result in the European elections is very encouraging and it'll be very interesting to see where it goes from here.